Hello and welcome to Persevering, Grief as Told by Young People. Today's episode will be focusing on the theme of grief and religion. We hope you enjoy it, but please also be aware that it will contain discussion around death and grieving within a religious community. And if you might find that a trigger, then maybe this episode isn't for you. My name is Izzy. I'm a first year medical student. Um, I lost a couple of family members from about the ages of 13 and 15. And with me, I have the lovely Katie and Hannah. And if you guys would like to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Katie. Um, I'm 20 and I'm a third year medical student. Um, I lost my mum when I was 16 and my dad when I was 17. And I'm really excited to be chatting to you guys today. So hopefully we can have some good discussions. What about you, Hannah? Um, hi, my name is Hannah. I'm 19 and I'm just studying English and Spanish right now. And I lost my dad when I was 11. I live in Denmark. <laughs> Cool. So I suppose my my first sort of question for you guys is how would you sort of summarise what were the key takeaways of your experience of bereavement in a church community? So we are all Christians on this episode. And yeah, what would you guys say was your main takeaway from experiencing a loss within a church community? I think for me, it was like how many adults were able to be there for me. Like, I don't think many people my age would have so many adults who could kind of come around them straight away um, when my dad had a heart attack he like they were some of the first people that we killed um to come and support us and be around us um and I guess just having those people there I remember um someone texted us and was like do you need any food and we were just like oh like could you give us a loaf of bread and then they turned up with like two massive bags of food just on our doorstep like I just remember that generosity um and being there in practical ways was really really lovely for our family and it made us feel like there were still people that were looking out for us um, and there for us which was really nice yeah I think for me it was just like it was a very difficult time because I was so young and then like I was going through all my teenage years and questioning my religion and my dad's side of the family is, is more religious than my mom's side so like it all clashed because then like now I'm only with my mom so it's not as religious of a household I think it's just like growing up in this society that where religion is being Christian a lot, I think it's like weird for me because I want to keep on being religious, but also maybe just the the knowledge of maybe I wouldn't have been as religious if my dad like had been alive because then I wouldn't keep on trying to like keep the religion in my life because I think like just questioning my religion and having to like face the fact that there is this God that I've been believing in and like trusting and then suddenly I lost my dad. I'm like, why the fuck would this god that i that's supposed to like protect me and my family do this against us and also i'm like should i actually keep believing in this figure or should i just try to believe in something else yeah i i suppose as well like i don't have quite as much to add as you guys but i think the relationships that you make within a church community like with your friends and even with just like your peers and the people around you that I found was so important for like keeping me going to church during that during that time I think like your experience of bereavement like the initial reaction would be to like to just stop going to church but actually having that big community coming around you who want to be generous and who want to help you out like it's so good for keeping you invested and keeping you going definitely I think for me it's also like so important just personally to have something to believe in it's not because i'm like a very religious person but i do know that if i like didn't believe in anything i think i would feel a bit more lost i think it's nice for me to just know that there's something i believe in especially all these thoughts about like what happens after the is my dad just gone or is he like up in some heaven or something then it's really nice to have some kind of religion or something that you believe in like for me it's just been really nice to believe in heaven and that my dad isn't just underground and never to be like heard of again but that he's actually somewhere I feel like I find it really difficult talking about the afterlife because I think for people that are our age who either have like a really distinct belief that there is an afterlife or a really distinct belief that there's not an afterlife a lot of the time those conclusions haven't been like fully tested or they don't have like a real life implication for the person that they're saying whereas I think for me like what I believe about heaven or hell or no heaven or whatever 
has a really big impact on how I think about like you said how you think about your dad and like how I think about my parents is like do I think about them in heaven or do I think about you know what do I think and I guess like that's a real thing to grapple with is like but what does this actually look like for me when you know like for me my whole life been brought up um as a Christian so I think it's definitely a difficult one and it adds an extra layer um to grieving that you kind of have to navigate because a lot of people might say like oh it's okay they're in heaven now and it's like that's maybe very well but I would quite like my parents here with me like doing life with me and I would much rather you know from a selfish point of view than be here um and still being in my life in this way so I feel like sometimes when people say that they mean really well but it can be really hard to hear when actually all you want is like a hug from your mum or your hug from your dad. Yeah, I think that goes back to what we were talking about when we were preparing this episode though. Like, if you follow a religion and you lose someone, it it makes the grief not only like painful in terms of, okay, I've lost my mum, I've lost my dad, whoever. It's suddenly like now it's existential. It's like I've lost my loved one, but where does that leave me from a faith point of view? It's grief made existential. So not only have you lost your loved one, you could potentially lose your religion because why would a loving God allow that to happen, if that makes sense? I think something I just realised was also like, when people say, oh, they're a better place or, oh, they're just in heaven now, it's okay. Like, when you have grown up in a religious like household, you think, well, what is this place? What is the better place that they're in now? What's this heaven that they're in? Because it's it's something to say that to a person, then it feels like, okay, it's okay now because they're in heaven. But when you receive that message, it's like, where is that actually? Because I would rather that they're here, like you said, Katie. I rather that I know where they are, and it's like a safe place. So when you're told that, you suddenly question all, like, where is this place that they're actually going I feel like as well like what you said Izzy about um like kind of questioning your faith as well as having the grief is like I think when you're like growing up in like a teenager anyway like you definitely have a bit of an identity crisis you know who am I <laughs> yeah. really like what does it look like to be me and what's like what's my life gonna look like um but I think like if your a lot of your values are built on your faith um or like that's been a big part of your upbringing it's just kind of makes a lot of other things um look a bit more uncertain even when life looks uncertain anyway having lost big figures in your life um so it can be a lot to figure out like you said grief made existential but I think in that there is it can be nice to evaluate what you believe and really think about it and maybe you come away with something that is a bit more solid because it's withstood Mm. all these questions that you've put to it yeah definitely I think I feel like it matures your faith in a way that you can't get without experiencing a significant l- loss. However, it like what it keeps going back to is the fact that I would rather not be bereaved. Like, <laughs> and I don't know whether that makes me a bad Christian for saying that. Yes, I've got a stronger faith because of it. I've got a more resilient faith because of it. But I'd still, I still want my people back. Like, there's, there's no shoecake that. And I think. <laughs> I think the thing that I've been learning over the years is that that's okay and that like you need to allow yourself grace when you are a religious person who's experienced a loss because it's okay to get mad and like I feel like we were talking about this as we were preparing for the episode but like nothing is too much for a, a I mean the Christian belief that the God created the whole earth if he can create the whole earth like he can handle tiny Izzy's rage do you know know what I mean (laughs) yeah and it's okay to be like mad and Christian religion and think that God is annoying (laughs) or whatever because you're going through a lot so don't be mad on yourself if you question your religion or your beliefs in any way I think that's important to remember definitely definitely and I think as well like being young I feel like there's not you know I feel like I forget sometimes that not everyone else has to deal with this much grief Mm. like I kind of think oh you know not everyone else is actually experiencing this so like I think like you say give yourself grace um 
I said that so much to people in my life, um, but also just to me, Gemini, I'm like, you know, it's a, it's okay, and it's okay to be emotional and have doubts and not feel like church is for you. And you, you know, it like as you said, it's really good to go and see your friends and stuff. But it's also okay if you know you need a break, you need some time just to reflect by yourself, or um, yeah, not go like. I think people do understand that it's a lot to deal with and sometimes those places are exactly where you need to be and sometimes you just need quiet time by yourself um but yeah so I think I would say to like 17 year old Katie um you know don't have to worry about figuring it all out straight away because you've got your whole life to grapple with all those big questions um and think about you know what does faith look like for me now what does life look like without my parents but also like you know you've got time to figure it out so yeah don't like you said Hannah don't put too much pressure on yourself to have it all sorted out straight away definitely would you guys how would you guys say like if you were to summarize how your faith changed like your faith and your religion before loss and after loss like what would you say are the biggest differences that's such a good question I think for me my faith before loss was so my mum had multiple sclerosis, so um, I was a young carer. So I think it was slightly kind of, I would say weathered, um, if you will, like uh, it wasn't completely untested um, before loss. But it was definitely very positive, a really positive constant in my life. Um, and I really felt like I was in a, I had a good relationship with God. Um, but after loss, I think it's definitely difficult, you know, like we've said, thinking about the afterlife. Um but I think in the end, it's come to a place where I'm like, do you know what? I may not know all the answers and I definitely don't, but I've got to a place where I've made peace with it enough that I can park some of the grief stuff to the side and still focus on having a relationship with God um, and connecting with my faith um, without constantly having to sign and try and analyse or figure out why um, these things have happened to me um, because I'm probably never going to understand. And I think... I found new ways to see God in my grief, um, see God through the people that showed up for me and were there for me when it was really hard. And actually, I think about where was God in those situations. And it was probably, you know, the vicar that came around to my house, people who really supported me um, and I'm sure prayed for me, even if they didn't kind of pray with me. I think God was there in those things. Um, and I think slowly learning that has been really good for my faith. Um, and I think as well, coming to uni, has been like a fresh start to um, choose faith for myself um, and I've really enjoyed kind of meeting lots of other Christians and getting to know my faith better through being at uni so it definitely looks different um, a lot less naive I think but also yeah it's still a positive impact on my life and I still feel like it's something that's worth doing for me but it definitely took me a long time to get there and I feel like if you're listening to this and you have just been bereaved and you're a Christian like don't don't give up on it forever but also don't put pressure on yourself to figure it out now. I think that my religion has changed a lot like kind of up and down since I like it's been almost eight years and I was 11 so like I was a child and I'm grown up me like an adult and I've gone through like confirmation I've gone through being a teenager and questioning my religion, but I definitely agree that it's more strong now. Or just like a more, I don't know, like now I know what my religion is, and it's not necessarily like extremely in like a box, if that makes sense. I feel like I've gotten very happy with the way that my religion is, and I just believe in what I believe in, and I like I don't have to believe in exactly what everyone else is doing or. Like exactly what someone else is believing. I, I think that because I lo- have lost someone, I found out that I just need to believe in something because I would feel lost if I didn't believe in anything. So it's nice for me to just, like, instead of like keeping on like questioning what I believe in, I'd rather just believe in the specific parts of a re- religion that I believe in that like make me makes me feel better with my grief and my loss and that like makes that makes life easier for me because I think it makes it easier to believe in something for me personally, but I don't believe in everything in like the specific Christian religion. I just like to believe in what I like to believe and what I believe is like making my life better 
if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, like, I, I would say I'm like, I'm five years sort of post my first bereavement and I genuinely can hand on heart say that I think I'm only now just getting to a point where I feel better to go back to church and like I've left the church I've come back I've left I've come back and I think for me the the thought of like I don't know the nuances of it but Christianity is a religion of hope of like the the thought that it that might not be the last time that I see my loved ones that like if what I believe is true there is hope of seeing them again in heaven I think that outweighs the madness that I feel at God for like let letting it happen as it were um and I think that you have to come back to the fundamentals because you'll get too caught up in the nuances we can't know the answers we're humans it, it's it's in our nature to want to know the answers but I just don't think I don't think we I don't think we can know the answers um but yeah the coming back to the fundamentals of like looking around at creation like thinking about the hope of eternal life I guess of seeing my family again I think for me that is what I have to come back to and just finally 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 being at peace with not knowing all the answers but like I say I would say it's taken five years to get to this point where I can go to church and not feel genuinely just heartbroken like sitting in the congregation that was for the last few years that's been a big like I would say that's my resounding feeling when I'm sitting in a congregation like singing a song like good good father classic Christian song but sitting there and being like well hang on (laughs) that's not my experience of this at all like I don't know I think for me it was all about finally coming to terms with not having the answers but like renewing my knowledge of the fundamentals I think that would be my advice to anyone who's listening to this who is really really struggling with church give yourself grace remind yourself of the basics and give yourself time because five years is a long time and it's not for want of trying but I don't know I guess that's just where I'm at I think it's important to mention that just being in church can also be very uncomfortable I just for me like going to church, it's as as you said, it takes a lot of time to be okay with that. Also, just whenever I'm in church, or at least very often when I'm in church, I'm like, oh, when I was here a few years ago, it was my dad's funeral. You know that that thought, and like when I look up at the priest and everything, I'm like, whoa! Like a few years ago, that priest was like here because they were saying my dad's name at, at like a funeral. I mean that that takes a few years to get past. I think or like get comfortable with. Yeah, definitely. I remember like when I was younger, you know, my whole family would go to church, or you know, we'd go to church with my mum and my siblings. Um, and then now I'll go back to church from uni, and it will just be me. And I think it's definitely difficult, kind of going to church. My parents are buried at the church I go to, and you know I'll toddle off to their grave after the service by myself and I think there's that intense vulnerability that comes with grief which I really feel acutely in those moments because I think sometimes I like think about what do other people see when they look at me and they're like this poor orphan going to the grave that that's me and I think like I can laugh about it because you know gotta laugh but I think that act of just going and being somewhere where you know that like in a perfect world like no child should have to be going to their parents grave at 17 18 like it's just not how it should be but here we are and I think in a way it brings me real comfort that they're there and they're there in that church where they spent so much time and when my mum really was seen and heard as um someone who had like quite a like severe disability um somewhere there where they really cared about her and people really like invested in her and our family and I think that's really nice that they're still there but it's also weird to think that like in another time like we would have been all there together um but instead I'm going to see their grave after the service I don't know maybe we could talk a bit about seeing people's like going to graves because 
I like my family go we'd go like after church every week um but obviously being at uni is so different like you just can't just pop pop around to the grave and I think that's definitely something that was different to deal with was like not having that there I don't know if you guys had any experiences with that I personally didn't my church is quite a modern building so we don't have any sort of graveyard but I don't know about you what about you Hannah I mean we do have a graveyard but the the like church or graveyard that my dad is buried at is far away it's like three hours away because I moved so it's like the place where my uh, my dad's parents live, parents live where I used to live but now we've moved far away so I think that's also like it's very weird for me to go back because every time we go back and visit my grandparents or anyone else like from my dad's family living there because they all live three hours away we also always go to the graveyard which is really nice and I feel really weird when we don't do that but it's so like every time I go to the church there I'm like everyone knows who I am because it's such a small city and everyone knows that I'm the girl who like lost her dad when I was 11 so I know like walking around the graveyard it's so nice because I feel like I'm close to my dad but it's also still not necessarily the, the place I feel the closest I mean, I love being there and I like love seeing the grave because it's so nicely decorated. I, I feel so happy when I see all the small things we've brought to him. But it's also, it's weird because I think a lot of people think that's the place where you would feel the closest to your lost one. Yeah, but a, a lot of people don't realize that it's actually not necessarily. And it's like a nice place to go, but it's also for some people not the, the place that they like to like remember the person because it can be too close to remembering the funeral or all the the, the time after the funeral where you were extremely mm. sad in a whole different way than you are right now yeah I think that comes back to what you were saying Katie though about like there's something about a church community and probably like other religious communities though that like it is an intensely vulnerable situation at the best of times like a church community is where you are most vulnerable even when you're on like your best day and so I don't know sometimes like that community can just be really raw really emotional and I think I think what I wish someone had said is like allow it just like let it be a place where you're vulnerable a place where you're allowed to feel upset because I feel like sometimes I know I felt like a big sort of sense of like embarrassment around it I guess and I don't know, like, sort of more anecdotally, when, like, like the summer after I, I, I experienced my first, like, significant bereavement, um, I went to Soul Survivor, which is a big Christian festival, and I remember, like, just, like, loathing it, because everyone around me was having these amazing, amazing, like, interactions with God and like really strengthening their faith and I was sitting there being like everything you are preaching about this loving father this good God it's like it it hurts it's it's like so vulnerable and I I do just think that sometimes church is that very very vulnerable community but like let it let it be that for a bit I promise you it will get easier in time but yeah let it be that I think yeah definitely on the topic of that what are some things that maybe people said that maybe you're like this probably wasn't the best thing that you could have said at the time I guess like I think as well it's important to note like I think for the people that say these like you probably don't remember um that you said it but I think sometimes like when you're bereaved when you're grieving um they just stick in your mind some of the things people said to me I was like really (laughs) really (laughs) okay um and I feel like maybe we could share some of the things that if you're listening and you know someone who's bereaved um maybe avoid yes and if you know if you know someone or you are just a member of a church community maybe stay clear of some of these things like for me like everything will be to god's glory that why are you telling me that like why are you telling me that this like extreme sense of pain that i'm feeling is actually god's plan what <laughs> i don't know i just think weird plan yeah <laughs> I feel like there's very, like, there's nuances of that as well. Oh, God, like, just saying, oh, God has a plan, or this kind of stuff. I don't know. I just think maybe approach that with a bit more sensitivity. There are really encouraging, like, spiritual 
things from scripture even that you can say but I would say stickler of that one personally what about you Katie yeah I think with that it's like whilst you know 30 years down the line we can be like oh yeah do you know what this you know I could see God's plan in this or I think you know we can believe that God has a plan for our life that's fine but I think when you're newly bereaved like it's really difficult to hear and I think it's not gonna have the intended effect potentially that is helpful um so yeah I guess um another thing is kind of for me anyway being like you know at least they're not hurting anymore at least they're not in any pain and again these are things that are kind of true it's that at least it's like that but you know like chin up um be positive and I think sometimes you know I think sitting and listening to people talk about their stories is so much better offering people a place to share how they're really feeling um offering to pray with people if they want to don't force it obviously you know in a safe way um is so much of a better um way to go and give take the lead from the bereaved person maybe as well I find that like people always ask me how they died and never anything about them about my family and <laughs> I remember I went to a let's talk about lost meetup and the first thing this you know everyone's going around like describing their um person that they've lost and not talking about how they died but just talking about you know oh they were really good at cooking or they always did this or you know they love playing the piano or whatever and I was just sat there thinking I've got this whole spiel prepared about how my parents died which I just rattle off to anyone who asks because at this point that's just how it is but I do not have anything prepared about what my mum and dad were actually like or the big things that they did that really impacted my life or you know what great parents they were like I have nothing prepared for that because it's like so much less common for someone to ask me what my parents were like or you know do you want to tell me a bit about your parents or do you want to talk about a memory or you know like things like that like I think that's really nice to be asked obviously not everyone's going to want to share and that's fine everyone deals with it differently but I think just kind of being wary of actually engaging with the person that they were as opposed to how they died just in general grief not even related to religion I think is a really good um way to go because yeah I was I was actually shocked when they said I was like I don't have anything to say like I I know loads of cool things that my parents did for me that were really great but you know like how my mum you know really really cool Christian and just loved all Enid Blyton and my dad like even now I'm literally struggling because it's just not something that's talked about loads so I think yeah I would really recommend saying asking that kind of thing I agree with the like when people ask how or like what kind of person my dad was I feel like all I'm so confused because I'm not used to getting like question I remember one of my friends uh like a year after my dad died told me that she really missed his tomato soup and I got so happy just because I was like wow it's it feels so nice that someone's not just saying he was such a good person and it's so so sad that he's gone we really miss him which is also true and it's nice to hear but it was so nice to hear something else and something specific because like someone else was missing something very specific about him and something someone else like knew him as a real person instead of just this normal scripture that everyone has to to say when someone's dead it's just everyone knows exactly how to respond for adults don't kind of encroach your feelings um and grief onto young people particularly children um so you know people kind of being like well you know I'm, I'm really really upset and kind of oh I don't understand why this has happened and kind of posing those questions to young people when actually they're probably trying to deal with their own grief and it's it's nice to see people upset and people caring but think about what you want to happen as a result of saying that to a young person who's grieving like what 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 do you want them to say back to you because I guess I think sometimes you're kind of faced with like this is really nice but you kind of just end up saying thank you people are like I'm really sorry for your loss and you're like thanks and then you know there's not there's nothing more to be had there so I guess maybe just bear in mind like how it will feel for them um yeah there's other ways and other people you can reach out to for your grief for that person I don't know if that makes a lot of sense but I guess just if you can be mindful about how you interact with young people who are grieving and kind of don't give them your emotional load and try and kind of give them more emotional responsibility onto them 
because they probably got quite a lot to process. Yeah, definitely. What what I've learned, I guess, the hard way is that this grieving process, like, it's non-linear and five years on, I still find myself getting, like, triggered by some things that are said in church but I I genuinely don't think that will ever change now I feel like I might I feel like I have reached a point where it's like my faith will be this one that is like understanding of the fact that in life you will be you will lose and like you will experience loss but that actually I don't know that that's a lifelong thing and as much as an adult who's in their 60s will still just as like not harshly like you'll still experience and feel the weight of a loss when you're like 60 like that that the effect of loss will still be great when you're that old and so I feel like that's where the sensitivity needs to come when you're addressing young people when you're addressing children where you don't want to impose that over them as well because they'll have a lifetime of grieving they'll have older more senior person's experience of loss and bereavement themselves when they get to that age so yeah it feels unnecessary (laughs) to sort of put that on a kid as well it's nice to say that it's okay for like a young person to question their beliefs and feel weird about god and religion and everything but maybe for like the adult's point of view maybe don't question your belief in the same way in front of the children because I feel like they'll just mess up my head as a as a child. Like it's nice to know that my feelings are, are valid and it's okay for me to question, but knowing that everyone else is also like feeling very weird is could be very weird. Like if now, like uh, when it's been a few years, I think it's very nice to know that my family members felt the same way about religion. But I think if I had been told all those things when I was younger, I would have felt a little weird. And I don't like think that um, adults shouldn't be open about grief and such in front of children. I think maybe think about the the kids individually and see how they would feel about it. Yeah, definitely. It goes back to the whole time and place thing. Like, I have only recently been having conversations with my parents about, like, loss and bereavement from a religious point of view. And it turns out all along like they were um they were sort of feeling the same things that I've been feeling but that actually they gave me the space to make the choices for myself like to come to my own conclusions to like assess my own grief and how that interplays with religion and that is something I'm really grateful for and that's something I do actually think has been done right um so yeah it's it's definitely a time and a place thing again with most of this I think that is what it boils down to I think as well it's I think what we're talking about here is people that like you don't really know that well or you see like once a week on a Sunday and or whenever and they kind of you know start to handle you all these things which you can't really do anything about and you're not really sure what to do and I guess it's kind of let's not give people more emotional load than they need um but obviously you know if it's close family members like it can be really nice to have that solidarity together and I know like for me like my mom and my siblings has gotten so much closer because you know it's just the three of us in this together kind of that's how it ended up and I think having that support where we've all been through the same thing and you know we we experience it very differently how we've come out of it is very different but we're still extremely close because we're the ones that kind of truly understand what it's like to have gone through and what it was like to be there so yeah I guess, like you said, time and place, but just be mindful. And I think if you feel like there's nothing that you can do, then, you know, if you're a praying kind of person, then that's always appreciated for people, I think. Maybe we could go on to talk about um, kind of living a Christian life without family. It's a bit of a weird title for the segment. Essentially, we want to talk about Christmas and how that can be really difficult after loss. So, yeah, I'm going to throw the floor open how do you guys how did you find like the first Christmas Christmas as a concept what are your experiences I still find Christmas challenging I mean it's never gonna change and I I I don't think that even when I've got a family of my own I feel like Christmas will always be tainted from now on I think 
it's going to be tainted regardless of if you have a religion or not. Like, so if you are a non-believer, like, it's a big family event if you're in, like, in particularly sort of English culture. Um, so chucking church into that, you then have sort of traditions that may sort of be focused around a church um, backdrop which suddenly become a bit more problematic. It's the biggest day in our religion's calendar, really, up there with Easter. <laughs> like, I think it's something that... You, it is, like, a, a time where if you know, like, a Christian friend that has been recently bereaved, like, rally around them because it is, it's going to be tricky. Like, there's no sugarcoating that. Yeah, I agree. Like, Christmas is definitely my favourite part of the year, and all of December I'm just really happy but then Christmas Day I feel like every year it hits just differently also because my dad was religious so I know we would like he would be celebrating this tradition and holiday with us I think something that's been really important for me is that we always mention my dad when we do big family gatherings or holidays together and something or Christmas for example we always mention him or my grandfather will have a speech and mention that it's so unfair that my dad is not here, but it's very ha uh, like fortunate that we are all here together, at least the people who can be here. Yeah, I agree. It will always be difficult, but I still, I, I am a sucker for Christmas, so I just <laughs> love it. And it's like, it will hurt when it's uh, like Christmas yeah. night, but I think that's inevitable. Like, it will forever for me. I think for me, Christmas has been like up and down um, because the first Christmas without my mum, but where I had my dad, we went to my grandma's um, and we thought, oh, you know, change of scene, like it will be more bearable, but it was just, it was awful. Like I just felt ill the whole day and, you know, it was just, everyone's trying to be really happy, but inside everyone's just literally crushed. And I think it was just not not the one like it, even just trying of trying to do some of the same things that we did at home everything just felt flat and then the Christmas after without my dad we were at my house um with my grandma my auntie and it wasn't too bad but it was just really hard like I think everyone's like make some new traditions this is my pet peeve everyone told me make some new traditions at Christmas and I'm just like but what you don't understand is I just want to do my old traditions I want to do them but I want to do them with my family which I know isn't going to happen but like I don't want to have to make new traditions I want to be able to do the things that I enjoy and really make me feel Christmassy and but I want to <laughs> obviously they don't feel the same with my without doing them with my family um I find that really difficult to try and figure out and I think as well like as we get older Christmas is going to look different it's not always going to look like our families all coming together you know in the future we might have partners or we might be away or you know I think coming to terms with the idea that Christmas isn't always going to look the same as our childhood anyway but I think like you feel it so much more acutely when that comes earlier than it should you know and I think last year I got Covid for Christmas same. um well like so I came here for you <laughs> like the 23rd and actually it was not that bad yes I was pleasantly surprised I I had like the best Christmas when I had COVID. It, it was so low pressure. There was no one <laughs> telling me that I should be having like a great time. The only thing was like seeing things on social media, but I was holed up in my room mm -hmm. and I was like, do you know what? I don't feel as sad as I usually do, quite frankly. I So I got out on the 23rd and actually I went home and I had three days of lovely Christmas of just packing in all the Christmas things and it was great. And then because I was just so excited to do all these things with my siblings that I hadn't done. And I think not having it be this long, drawn-out affair was actually quite good so that I could really enjoy it. Um, so I think there is it does get easier to do Christmas. And even though I just bashed new traditions, um, last year we went to the um, Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve and it was really nice. I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to try and have that as, like, mini new tradition because that was a nice, reflective way to, like, hold space for feeling a bit more somber at Christmas or not feeling quite as you know just jolly all the time um <laughs> but I really enjoyed going to that but yeah I think 
it's so hard when so much of it is about like being together as a family and being you know celebrating presents and things and then it's kind of taken away a lot of the time by grief definitely I think I think as Christians obviously Christmas day is one of the like the biggest days of our calendar and I feel like I definitely fell into the trap of trying to like post bereavement trying to maintain the way Christmas day used to be before we experienced loss and I think I think if I had my time again I'd be like no let's talk about her let's let's address how we're all feeling and not just ignore it and not just try and pretend that it's fine and Christmas is going to be fine I think I would definitely say like just don't try and make it a normal Christmas because it's not it like it's life-changing it's it's changed all the rest of your Christmases so and like give that space (laughs) give it like let it breathe I think yeah I want to mention that my dad since my dad died in November like Christmas was just around the corner and everyone was still so sad of course it's still weird to have Christmas but I think it was something really good that my family did was just not trying to make it too normal everyone was just sad the entire day and it was okay and we would just spend the entire day trying to have as normal as a Christmas as we could but we all knew that it was normal and everyone was like crying on turns (laughs) like so like it's it's okay to just to know that the first Christmas if you're a religious person who celebrates Christmas it's gonna be difficult and it's okay to make it as normal as you want if you that's how you feel like uh, dealing with your grief but if you want to just have a very weird Christmas it's also okay because <laughs> that might be the easiest way to just deal with your grief and if your family is up for that I mean that just for me that was really nice that we didn't just try to make it something that it wasn't because we all knew that we were just too sad and not okay with how the world was right now yeah definitely I think as well, um, one of the things I would say is if you have social media on Christmas or particularly I've also found Mother's Day and Father's Day, stay clear. Stay clear of Instagram and Facebook (laughs) on Christmas Day because it's just a minefield of everyone being so happy. And I'm, you know, I'm really pleased for you that you're really happy and celebrating Christmas. But I would just say just stick to like WhatsApp and Snapchat messages. Because it's so easy to see everyone else's life and compare what they're putting on social media and just, it is gutting to see. But it's lovely that I'm like, I'm really happy that you're having a really nice Christmas and everything. But I think like, just to give yourself more emotional time to figure it out, I would say try and not spend too much time on social media. Definitely. Also, like most people will share they'll share the best bit of their day but you probably won't see that like fight over Christmas dinner or that (laughs) awkward moment or whatever but you'll see that really happy bit you know and I think like it's definitely yeah Mm. it's definitely worth staying just giving yourself a bit more space definitely I think crossing over like even if you aren't a religious person or if you aren't a christian i feel like that kind of translates to just like grief in sort of big moments so i like my home church is a baptist church so like for my baptism all of a sudden you're asked to give a testimony and it's so like it's such an emotive thing and then there's people that aren't there for a really big day and like I was lucky enough that it was actually like the last time one of my family members made it into church so in that respect and I knew that that was the case so it was really poignant really emotional and I I just think like with all these things like they're they're all big life events you just gotta give them space and like like feel the magnitude of the fact that it's a first I don't know like an it's like an anniversary or like the first Christmas and just yeah feel the magnitude of the fact that that's like a big thing it's a big deal I think something I want to mention also is remembering how the like when you're sad on Christmas maybe the first year or second year whatever remembering back on the Christmas or other holiday a big day that you had with your person who you lost can be very challenging um especially 
like my dad was only sick for six weeks before he died, but he had been sick for a lot of years. We just didn't know. Uh, so looking back at like the last Christmas when he wasn't able to go to church because he felt too bad, like that's very hard for me sometimes to remember because I just think, wow, if we had just thought about this sickness that he had on Christmas Day as something bigger than just like a cold, maybe we would have figured out that he had cancer before. Like we figured it out. So, and I I could imagine that especially for people who have had that person to be sick for a long time it can be very challenging looking back at the last christmas as wow this was uh like before they died as a very uncomfortable day as well definitely definitely something i would like to come back to is like confirmation if you're in a religion religious um environment where you're gonna have a confirmation for me that was a very challenging time i, I was very excited to have my confirmation because I've looked up for to that day for my entire life but it was also very difficult for me because a lot of my friends were like no we don't believe in any religion we don't want to get confirmation and a lot of my friends were also like we just do it because we have to or we do it but I'm not that religious I'm, I'm probably not gonna subscribe to the church later in my life and for me that was really challenging because I knew that my dad had always wanted me and all my siblings to get um, have a confirmation and I knew that like I was not not gonna do that I was gonna do that I would there's no part of me that was questioning doing that but the part of my friends questioning it like that was very hard for me because then I was like wait am I too religious like am I different from my friends am I weird for really looking forward to this mm-hmm. day it can be really challenging to go through that also because I had to go to church for so many times and sometimes I didn't feel like it and sometimes I was really excited for it but just being in like the environment where you meet a lot of different people from church uh, who come from different backgrounds and who aren't really very religious or who are questioning their religion can make you feel like you have to question your religion as well so for me that was just like a hard time yeah, definitely. And it's hard to look back on, on my confirmation because I'm so sad that my dad didn't mm. get to see that because he looked so forward to seeing that day. And on my sister's confirmation, I was so sad as well because I could only think... I was really happy for her, of course, it was a good day, but I was also very sad because I knew that my dad really wanted to be there. And I know I'm going to be sad when it's my brother's confirmation. So Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, like, I haven't actually been confirmed because my mum, I remember my mum, so my mum came to faith a bit later in life and she was always like, yeah, I wanted to wait until it meant something for me until I got confirmed. And I've kind of always carried that over. And it's like, when, when does that look like? Mm-hmm. When, when is that right time? I feel like it's a hard thing between being like, well, do I need to figure everything out? Or, oh, but what happens if, I have another like period where faith is really hard um and also like just even I know that it would be so much easier if my mum was here to kind of support me in that decision or kind of be a sounding board um and so it's just kind of been a bit on the back burner um and I think it like I would like to get confirmed one day and I think when I do like that's gonna be really hard to not have probably like one of my biggest faith inspirations and supporters not be there um because because she's dead and I think like that's a real challenge um to kind of decide I think like you said Hannah some people can see it as just like a really blase thing and then I think particularly when you've lost someone that can be a a thing that you've got to really think a lot about um and you know it puts real weight on having faith and I guess it can be difficult so I think just take your time with it um pray about it if that's comfortable for you and don't feel pressured into it if you feel like you need to wait a bit and just figure things out but yeah so I think it's it's just that missing people isn't yeah. it yeah I I think as well though that kind of decision like 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 you were saying Hannah it's not something that you can like just blase like commit to or something you shouldn't do um because I actually think that if I had my time again, I don't think I would have got baptised when I did, because I was, like, 15 at the time. But I got baptised at a time... So I knew my family member was dying, and so I got baptised so that I knew that they could 
be there for that event um and then obviously they passed away and then I didn't consider the grief and bereavement impact that their passing would have on my faith and I do think that if I had my time again I don't think it would be a decision that I would rush just for the sake of having my family member there because I do I do I do wonder if I have my time again I think we never know how it's going to affect us until it happens even if we know someone's going to die we don't know what it's going to look like for us yeah yeah but it is difficult and I think there's so much of like looking back and being like oh wow maybe I should have done this or I guess that's one of the things that we have to kind of cope with is not knowing what we would have how it would have played out if we'd have done things differently I guess the last thing we want to end the episode with is thinking about some practical tips um, that we think would be useful to share um, just to round the episode off. So I think one of the things we haven't really touched on is um, kind of reading books about grief. I feel like there's a real tendency sometimes to just, right, well, if I just read all these things, then I'll be able to figure out like what the hell is going on. Um, And maybe they'll just have an answer for me straight away. And if you do want to read, um, I would recommend A Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis. It's really good. But I would say probably when you're a little bit down the line in grieving and when you're a little bit older, because it is quite difficult language to understand. But I did find it really helpful. I was sat there reading it. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> uh, he's got it. So I would say that was really good. But I feel like there's can be a pressure to just kind of try and read your way out of grief. And, you know, if I just read this book, then it will explain it. But yeah, you don't have to dive straight in, but know that they are there if you want to access them and yeah, give yourself space to think about it. Yeah, it can really help. But yeah, you're so right though. You can't read yourself out of like a period of grief. It's just not possible. And I think sometimes those sort of books around suffering, around loss, focus a bit more on the bigger plan the bigger picture and all that but when you come to read a book as a source of self-help in like a period of grief if it's too raw if you seek that help too soon it almost guarantees that you'll be sort of reading the wrong things that almost make it harder to believe um I don't know I found that that I was given a lot of books that sort of were like well actually there's a bigger plan in all of this. It'll be for God's glory. He, like It's a test. Well, okay. What a great test. Why yeah. is he testing me in this way? <laughs> like, I, I think, yeah, you, you can't read yourself out of that kind of situation. And unless you know that a book is going to avoid that kind of language, then I would say maybe maybe leave that for a bit further down the line. Stay in that place of grief. Feel everything. Don't try and read your way out of it because like you, you can't. I really like reading about other people's experiences as well, like biographies about a specific time of their grief. Like it's obviously really sad for them, but I love reading about other people's grief because it feels it's val- it validates mine, and it's nice to know that there are other people's people out there who feels the same way. I think in terms of not like sitting and feeling grief um before kind of trying reading it and I guess as well trying to intellectualize it which is definitely something I do probably too much but you know things that we can do to sit and feel our grief I would say probably for me is music um listening to either like piano like quiet worship music or just kind of normal like normal just kind of listening to sort of quiet music that allows for reflection um is really helpful um I also made a playlist of for like my mum and my dad I made like plays with their like favorite songs um and I also made one for like feeling sad this is so weird but well, it's not weird but um like I put like the songs they had at their funeral on it or like specifically quite like sad songs because it just evokes emotion that means that you can actually kind of let out some of that grief that you pent up writing down journaling you can never go wrong with just kind of jotting down how you feel um writing down memories as well is always really good to look back on especially if you're in early stages of grief I wrote in a notebook every day for a month after my um 
mum died and just did like a memory a day and I find it really nice now to look back on and be like whoa all this stuff that just these mundane things and I also wrote like how I was feeling each day and I look back and I'm like oh Katie you you were really quite quite upset by your grief um which Mm. is not wrong but I think like you might find that helpful have some notes written down or notebook somewhere definitely music is so evocative as well they're going back to what you're saying about music and I think I think there are songs out there which do encourage like a lament I think um in I don't know in my church at least something that I found is that there isn't often much space for lament within the faith that's something that hopefully will change but what you were saying about a more practical tip I have a bag hidden in my room of um stuff that I reckon like letters I wrote to my loved one like after she passed so that like I don't know you can you can remember how sort of fresh it was memories that you might have forgotten like I I came across it the other day when I was packing up all my stuff to move to uni and I was reading through this stuff and I was like I'd forgotten about that I'd forgotten about that so I think I think it was really nice like practical physical reminder of stuff that otherwise I would have forgotten um and I mean that's completely unrelated to having a safe but it's definitely something that I found useful in processing yeah that's a really good idea yeah I think something that we did in my family when my dad was sick uh it was actually the priest who helped us doing that was recording a lot of videos or maybe just voice audios I think actually about my dad, where he was talking, we were all sitting in like the living room talking about a lot of things and just remembering my dad and things we've he had we had done with my dad. And it's really nice to go back and listen to those uh, recordings. It's really really hard, and I cry every time. But it's really nice to have those uh, recordings and also be able to listen to my dad's voice, which is also extremely weird to listen to. But it's really nice that I know that I have these recordings I can go back to. So I would definitely recommend for anyone who has have like a, a sick loved one to do that. If you know you have time, I think that would be a really good idea to do. Definitely, that's such a that's such a nice thing to know that's there though. Is like Hannah. Yeah. I just I feel like I would take so much comfort in knowing that you have those audio recordings there, sort of forever now. That's a really good idea. Yeah, exactly. Although I haven't even heard all of them, just the the fact of knowing that I can hear them whenever I want to, it's so nice. Because uh, also not having heard all of them feels like I still have something new left to experience with my dad. It's kind of nice to know, yeah. in a way. Every time I discover like a new photo of my parents, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's just so nice to have that new memory to treasure and like new perspective on them or anyone, any time. Anytime anyone tells me something new that I haven't heard before, I'm like, oh my gosh. It just feels like I get to know them a bit better. Um, and I guess another thing is just talking to friends at church and tell people how you're feeling and if you feel able just to, yeah, give yourself space. And maybe people will understand that bit of grief um, a little bit better than maybe friends from school or friends from elsewhere. Um, so yeah, reach out to people that you're close to. And if your friend isn't going to church and you know they've been bereaved, like check in on them, even if you haven't seen them for a while, um, or even if they stop going for a bit, still keep in touch um, because they'll appreciate that more than you know. Mm. Yeah, even if you're dragging them, kicking and screaming back into a church community, <laughs> just I think keeping that conversation open, even if you're not meeting up with them in a church setting, if that's too painful, that's fine. But yeah, just keep the conversation open for sure don't panic because they're panicking perfect well it's been lovely chatting to you ladies thank you so much and we will also have some spotify like music recommendations um any book recommendations we can think of in the description of the podcast follow us on instagram um at persevering podcast for all the updates and thank you so much for listening Thank you for listening to this episode of Persevering, Grief as Told by Young People. This episode was put together by Izzy, Katie and Hannah, and we're part of a group of 16 to 20 year olds keen to use our own experiences to make bereavement better for other young people out there. 
We would love to hear from you. Share your own bereavement story, reflections, or any feedback about the podcast using the email address persevering at let's talk about loss.org. This project is part of the Let's Talk About Loss and funded by the Coop Foundation. Our project lead is Jessica Easton, and if you want to know more about how we are talking through the taboo, go to www.letstalkaboutloss.org.